0: Well, good morning to you. It's uh, quite a privilege to be able to come and minister. um, And I look forward to what God's going to do. I I too would encourage you to, and I'll say it this way listen with faith this morning. We want to listen and open our hearts up to receive not what I say, but what the Holy Spirit wants to say to you. Paul, excuse me, Peter tells us in, in one of his epistles, that as long as He's on the earth, He's here to remind you of things that you've been told from the Scripture in order to stir you up. And I believe that's what the Lord wants us to do today. Let me ask this question. How many of you would raise your hands if I asked the question, can you or do you desire to receive more from the Lord? You know, most every hand goes up, and I think we all do. So what I want to talk about this morning is faith that receives. And we're going to start out with in uh, Hebrews, the 11th chapter, the 6th verse. And we're talking about faith that receives. And you'll notice that word receive has a connotation of action on it. So that's, uh, you're going to see that's a key part of it. Hebrews eleven six. 6. And I'm reading from New American Standard Bible. And without faith, it is impossible to please Him. Now that's a strong statement. There's no way we can please God unless we have faith. And so that just begs the question, well, what is faith? What are we talking about? And that's what we want to go through. Look at what else he says here. He said, for he who comes to God must believe that he is. You know, there's a lot of people who'll say, I believe in God. And it stops there. You know, that doesn't get us anywhere. The devils believe in God. The demons do. And they shudder. So we're talking about more than just a head knowledge or just a a mental assenting to the fact that God exists. This verse goes on, it says, Not only must we believe that He is, but that He is a rewarder of those who, some translations say, diligently seek Him. That's not just once a Sunday you come in and say, okay, I've done my part here. So we're talking about here today a faith that will please God. And it's also a faith that will put us in position to receive what he wants to give to us. Now, I don't want you to think we're just talking about this faith just so we can get things. Because you're going to see that faith is built on a relationship and the trust that comes from that relationship with the Father. The other thing I want to just set in stone before we get going here today is you hear people say a lot, well, God is good. And everybody will clap. And then people will say, well, God is good, and some will add, all the time. And that's true, too. But what I want you to be able to say this morning is God is good, He is good all the time, and He's good to me. Because until you get that part down in your heart that He loves you so much, in fact, Scripture tells us He loves you and I, the Father does, just like He loved Jesus. I remember the first time I heard that, it was kind of hard to wrap my head around it. And that's what we don't want to try to understand it up here. We're talking about a faith that says, okay, the Bible says the Father God loves me just like he loves Jesus. And we want to have that faith to walk in that knowledge today. So if I ask the question, what is faith? Many people would say, well, I'm of this denomination or that denomination. Or even some would say and call it a religion. Others might call it a collection of beliefs or a set of principles. And what is all that really dealing with? A head knowledge. But we have been created in His image in in our spirit. And that's where our life is coming from. So what is true Bible faith? And I would say it this way. Believing which is the verb for faith, produces action. It will cause you to do things, and we're going to see what those things are. Believing is, should be what I do, how I live my life. What does the Bible tell us? That everything we do that is not of faith is sin. Now, I don't want you to receive condemnation from that, but I want us to receive encouragement that we can, can exhibit and walk in faith In everything that we do. It's my confident expression of trust. Absolute trust in the Father. You've trusted Him when you were born again with your eternity, with salvation. And I want you to see today that He desires much more than just that. So I would ask the question, how do we receive things from God? And let's go to Ephesians, the second chapter. And we're going to look at the eighth verse. We're going to be really talking today about how we receive God's grace in our life. Verse 8 of Ephesians 2 says, By grace... All right, so let's just stop there. Let me tell you my definition of, of grace. You'll hear people say unmerited favor, undeserved favor. I would think of it this way. It's God's desire to treat you as if you'd never sinned. In other words, He wants to treat you just like He treated Adam and Eve in the garden everything you need is there available for you I would take it even a step further it's all the ability of God all of his power available on your behalf as things come against us in life and as we minister to others so by grace you have been saved now that word save there means a lot more than just a ticket to heaven we'll come back to that a little later on. It includes things that we can walk in and receive on this earth. For by grace you've been saved through faith. Through faith. So what God provides to us by grace, how do we receive it? In fact, I'll say it this way. How must we receive it? What is the only way that we can receive it? It is through faith. By grace... Through faith, we are saved. Romans 1, excuse me, Romans 5, 1 and 2 says a very similar thing. It says, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And then it says, by whom we also have access by faith into this grace. Now, what does that mean? Well, we came up from uh, Jupiter, Florida yesterday. We got on the interstate, I-95. By, we accessed it by an on-ramp. And that's really what faith is. It is the on-ramp that the Lord has provided you and I to be able to reach into heaven's world, that world that we do not see, and bring things from there into our world. That's what our faith will do for us. And it is, it's how we must receive everything. I don't know of any other way. You're going <clears> to... <throat> People will say, well, I need more faith. Would you pray that I get more faith? That's not how you, d- you get it. You receive more faith as you walk in it, but you receive it by grace, by believing that he's going to give you more. And it's already what's inside you. So when we're talking about faith, a lot of people will say, well, it's talking about believing his word. And that is absolutely true. But it's also about believing and having trust in the one who spoke those words. And it goes back to believing his, tru- his love for you. So it's not just about memorizing a scripture and saying this, these words are what I believe. It's believing in all the ability of God, all that he is, the I am, as Melanie said earlier. And what he wants to do for you. Not only in eternity, but here in this life. And why does he want to do that? Because you are his witnesses. There's not a plan B that he has. You are the ones who are going to carry this message of his goodness about. Psalm 119, all about the word of God. One verse in it, verse 138 says that his words are righteous and they are very faithful. Why are they faithful? Why is his words faithful? Because he spoke them, and he is the faithful one. He watches over his word to perform it, Scripture tells us. So let's go up to the first verse here in uh, Hebrews 11, back to there. And I want to talk about what a a definition of faith. And I'm going to read it to you first in the uh, New American Standard, but we're going to look at several other versions. Now, and I want to tell you that I believe... That is talking about our faith needs to be at this moment. It's not faith just for something in the future or looking back in the past, but it's now. That's what the I am is. He's in this time. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Let me read you this in the King James. King James says, faith is a substance. Now, what does substance mean to you? Substance to me means something that's real. It's tangible, it exists. So faith is something that's real and exists of things hoped for. Now hope is an interesting word there because for a lot of people, hoping just means, well, I'm a wishing and I'm a praying that this will happen. But Bible hope has a totally different connotation. Bible hope says that you have an expectation. In fact, I'll add, it it means a joyful expectation. Why can you be joyful about an expectation? Because you're having faith that what you're believing for is available to you and will be provided. So let's go back again and start. Now faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So faith is proof that something you don't see is real. So let's read a couple other translations and maybe gain some additional insight. The Weiss translation says, now faith is the title deed of things hoped for. What is a title deed? How many of you have a title deed for your car? If you brought that title deed in here today and showed it to someone, would that be proof of a car that they cannot see? That's exactly what your faith is. Your faith believes that the things that the Lord has promised us that we can't see That title deed says, they're mine, they belong to me. And so, again, now faith is a title deed of things hoped for, the proof of things which are not being seen. Now, not being seen doesn't mean they don't exist. We just can't behold them in this carnal realm with these physical eyes that we have. But my personal belief is heaven is more real than the chair you're sitting in today. Anything that is here is subject to change. But everything that that we read in the Word about the Lord, about what He wants to do for us, those promises, those are eternal, and those are more real in heaven. And don't start thinking, well, I'll get them when I get to heaven. What did the Lord, in uh, what people call the Lord's Prayer, when they asked Him how to pray, how did He start it? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. He didn't say, wait till you get to heaven, did He? He said, on earth as it is in heaven. The Amplified Bible says, now faith is the assurance. And then Amplified is a very wordy translation, I think. So it goes on and then adds the confirmation, the title deed of things we hope for, the proof of things we don't see, and the conviction of their reality. And then it adds this phrase, faith perceiving as real fact that which is not seen revealed to the senses so we're talking about believing something that you can't see if i asked you today how many of you have seen the lamb's book of life how many would raise their hands yet if i asked you today do you believe your name is written in the lamb's book of life i suspect most every hand would go up in here just because we can't see it doesn't mean we don't believe it. When I was younger, Mabel's age, and many of you will be able to identify with this, I would go turn the TV on. And for us in Dublin, it was Channel 13, I believe. And the TV would produce a picture. How did it do that? Well, at that age, I didn't understand it. In fact, I didn't even see the waves, the TV waves that were coming, signal to make that happen. Now, why do I say that? Because to receive from God, we don't have to understand. We just have to do what? We have to believe. And we're not talking about just believing in our head, but we're talking about believing in our heart. And we'll see that a little more later on. So, when someone says, I'll believe it when I see it, what do you know about that person? That they're not operating in faith, even if they're operating looking at something in the world. Because faith, once something happens, you don't need faith to see it. I know there's a chair sitting on the end of that row. I don't have to have faith that there's a chair there. I can see it. So, Believing is not just about seeing in this carnal realm. We also hear people say, I just can't believe that. No offense to be taken by what I'm about to say. If you've said that, as I have, we just need to change. That is not a true statement. You can choose to believe things. I had a son who had a friend that told him about driving a, riding a bicycle across the state of Tennessee one time. I hope he doesn't listen to this. It wasn't Clint. And we argued with him until we just gave up. He actually believed that. And this was a nine-year-old boy, believing that his friend, a nine-year-old boy, had ridden across it. You can choose to believe something. So faith we need to see is a choice we make, And that's why it's important that we get our mind renewed so that our mind is in agreement with our spirit. So what is this choice? Well, we must choose to believe the word. But what have we already said? It's not just about believing the word. It's believing the faithfulness of the one who said the word. And that's where relationship comes in. That's where you've got to press in to His Word. Spend time fellowshipping with Him, praying with Him. How do I do that? Talk to Him just like you would talk to a spouse or a brother or a sister. Just spend time talking with Him the way we're talking now. We must know not only what we believe, but in whom we believe. So can you trust God's Word? Forever. Psalm one nineteen, verse eighty-nine says, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Now I hear a lot of people say, the word says it, I believe it, and that settles it. I think you can take out that middle one. The word believe the word s- says, and it doesn't take you believing to make that word true. His word is true. Your faith, your believing that word, is what will make that word come alive in your life. But that word is, is true, and it's ready for you today. So why do so many of us, me included, have difficulties receiving from God, or even worse, see His promises as unattainable in my life? And I would say, we we don't have time to talk about all the reasons, but there are two things I want to talk about today. The first is, we're not sure of His will. And the second one, we think everything we need to receive, well, I don't have enough faith for that, or I need more faith. So let's talk about the first one of those. In the first chapter of Mark, verse 40, a leper comes to Jesus. And I may paraphrase some of this, but... He comes to him and he, he's asking for him to help him and he falls on his knees in worship. And look at what he says to him. If you are willing, you can make me clean. Let me paraphrase that. I know you can. I just don't know if you will. Now, if I ask the question, is this man in faith? You get a lot of different answers. Yes, no, and I don't know. But faith, cannot be established in you with, within you and I until we know the will of the Lord. F.F. F. Bosworth, in a book on Christ the Healer, writes, Faith begins where the will of God is known. That's why we must study the Word, because His Word is His will. Now look at what Jesus says to him. Verse 41, Moved with compassion, Jesus stretches out His hand and touches him, something he, that we we're forbidden to do, and says... I am willing. Now here's a man that says, I know you can, I don't know if you will. But when Jesus says, I am willing to him, you think he believes that? You think faith rose up in his heart when he took it inside him? I do. I think expectation and joy just flooded him. And he said, be cleansed. And what happened? Immediately, the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. So Bible faith is not just wishing and hoping, but it's what? What did the man do here? He came to the Lord. He told him where he was. Jesus met him where he was and said, of course I will. One translation says, I believe the man received that. His faith grew and he received his healing. And that is the same progression that we can walk in today. Don't view it that just because you don't know His will in a matter, that He won't show you. Ask Him. Ask Him for wisdom. Hear the Word of God taught here every Sunday, and there are things and bits of wisdom you're going to get that will allow you to hear and begin to believe what the Lord has for you. So, in this example here, how did faith come? I remember a time when the disciples, probably Peter. The Lord told him Peter was bragging, I think, about how many times he'd forgiven somebody. And the Lord said, and really was asking, How often should I forgive him? And the Lord he said, I've done it seven times, and the Lord the Lord say, Seven times seventy. And what was Peter's response? Give me more faith. But what did the Lord do? Did he say, Let's have a prayer meeting? No, he began teaching them. Romans 10:17 tells us faith comes by hearing and hearing by the what? The word, but it's whose word? The word of God. Literally in the original language it says by hearing the anointed word. Now that tells me we can hear words that aren't anointed. And I would say even on TV spoken by TV preachers. So it is important that you know who you're listening to. I believe this is good ground. And I have full confidence that the Word will be taught here in an ever-increasing strength and power. And that's one of the reasons I think the Lord wants to encourage some of you today is to really press in to some of the things that are being taught because it will help your walk. So faith comes by hearing. That verse says, faith cometh King James by hearing. It doesn't say faith may come. Why did I encourage you to listen with open ears as Melanie and Clint did today, pressing in and to hear? Because that's how faith will come to you. It doesn't say faith might come This is a promise. If you will listen in faith, then your faith will grow because that's how faith comes as you hear the word, the anointed word that is taught here and in other places that you can. That is the same way that my faith grows, which leads us into the second one where most of us would say, well, I just don't have enough faith for that. How in the world can I do it? Do you remember in the fourth chapter of Mark, Jesus is talking and he compares the kingdom of God. And again, don't think that this is heaven because the kingdom of God came to earth. And he said, how should I compare this with? What should I compare it with? And then he said, it's like a mustard seed. And what is a mustard seed? It's a very small seed. If I had one in my hand, you couldn't see it. And yet it says it grows into one of the larger trees for for, uh, herbs that... And even birds could light in it. And then a little later, or in another trend, in another uh, epistle, uh, another Matthew's gospel. I'll just say it that way. In Matthew's gospel, Jesus talks about a mustard seed. What does he compare it to? Faith. And he says that mustard seed, faith, will actually move mountains. But when something comes against us, what often is my first reaction? I don't have enough faith. And that is exactly what the enemy of your soul, the devil, wants you to think, that you don't have enough faith. That statement also tells me, when I've said it, that I'm looking at me. I'm looking at the covering of that seed, the container for that seed. But when you were born again, what seed was planted in you? The incorruptible seed, the Word of God. And so what do we end up doing when we're... What are we doing when we're talking about I don't have enough faith? You're looking at the container. You've got your eyes on the wrong thing. You need to be looking at the Father, at Jesus... And at his word, because that's where the power, all the shell of that seed does is contain the DNA for what it needs to produce. So don't look at yourself. Don't let yourself and see yourself as being the limited factor. In the fifth chapter of Mark, Jairus has gone to Jesus and he talks about how my daughter is and they start and they get delayed by the woman with the issue of blood who just comes and takes her healing. And then Jairus' friends come and gives him bad news. What did Jesus tell him in this account? Jesus looked at him and he said, don't fear, only believe. Now you're saying, well, why are you telling me this? this to me is critical is jesus going to ask you to do something that he does not give you grace to accomplish it the answer is no everything he tells you to do with that word comes an enabling grace and it includes believing why did jesus tell jairus to only believe and i would respond this way because he could So, I can't believe needs to come out of our vocabulary. Lord, I don't understand, but this is what your word says. I believe your word because I believe in you and your faithfulness over your word. Therefore, I declare I'm a believer. I can believe. This is what I do. Abraham. Back in Genesis 12, the Lord comes to Abraham and he says, I want you to go forth, I want you to leave. And go ahead to verse 2. And I will make you a great nation. I'll bless you, and your name shall be great. And he even tells him you're going to be a blessing. In verse 3 continues it. And I want you to look at what he did in verse 4, what Abram did. Verse 4 says, Abram went forth as the Lord had spoken to him. So the question is, why or how could Abraham believe a God and act on it that he didn't know? And he certainly didn't know him. You got to remember, Abraham was not a religious person. He also wasn't seeking God so he could have life eternal. What happened? The same thing happened with him as when you found Jesus. You encountered the God of the universe. And what is my natural reaction? What should be my natural reaction? when I encounter the God of the universe, to believe and to act on what he says. That's how we can walk. Abraham believed because he encountered the true God. And when you encounter the true God, the only rational thing we can do is believe what he says and act on it. And we try to make it too hard. We try to understand it. Now, one thing that happened with Abraham, though, is as he walked in what God told him to, is he took steps of faith. And that's what you and I are going to have to do, because you're not going to get the full thing disclosed to you all at once. As Abraham took steps of faith, God performed those. And he gained what? Trust in him. In other words, they were building a relationship. He began to believe everything he tells me he's going to perform. That's the same way you and I believe trust as we hear the word of the Lord, act on it, and then look for him to tell us the next word. Now, you say, Well, that works well for Abraham. Let me read you Isaiah 51, and I want you to see that you have this same opportunity. I would say it this way Abraham became, God became Abraham's way of life. Let me say it that way, not a religion. Isaiah 51 says, listen to me, you who pursue righteousness, and if you're born again, that's you, who seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you were hewn and to the quarry from which you were dug. Look to Abraham, your father. You know what the Lord's telling us right there? You have inside you the same ability that Abraham had to believe him and walk in it. You have living inside you the same ability to hear. Go pursue the enemies that have come against you and bring them back. Take them down. Now our enemies today, are, we know it's not flesh and blood. Look with me at 1 Corinthians 2.5. And this is really where I felt and perceived the Lord wanted us to get to this morning. Paul is talking here and he's been speaking to the, to the people who were listening and he says I don't want your faith to rest on the wisdom of man in other words my wisdom and I'm the same way and I, I know Clint's heart well enough and Mel's to know that's what they want also I don't want your faith to rest on the wisdom of man but where does he want your faith to rest upon the power of God the power of God the power of god look at <clears throat> look at with me in uh, hebrews 6 the fourth verse in hebrews here it's talking about some people who've believed god and fallen away now the falling away part is not what i'm interested in today but I want you to look at what it says about the power of God. For in this case, those who have once been enlightened, born again, that's you, and tasted of the heavenly gift of salvation, that's you, and have been made partakers of the Holy Spirit, that's you. So those three things happened to each of us when we believe. And then look at what it says. And have tasted the good word of God. How many of you would raise your hand and say, I have tasted of the good word of God. I've heard the word. I've seen it change my life. And so a lot of people will agree with that. But look at this next phrase. No, let's stay there. Tasted of the good word of God. And look what they've tasted of. Now, what does the Psalms tell us? Taste and see that the Lord is good. So here he's saying... I want you to taste of not only the good word, but of the good powers of the age to come. So he's talking about heavenly powers that if they've tasted of it on this earth today, it's something that is available today here on this earth. Now, if I ask that question, how many of you have faith in the power and have tasted of the power? My experience is not as many hands go up. Hey, it's okay to talk about the Word, but I don't understand that power stuff, how it works. Folks, having faith in His Word and acting on it is how the power of God comes into your life. That's how we bring heaven down to earth and we receive from Him. Let me read you this and I'm going to use a verse the Lord just dropped in my heart that is not in what I gave Clint. It's in the book of Ephesians, the third chapter. The 20th verse. Now to him who is able to do exceeding abundantly beyond all that we ask or think. How many of you ever dreamed that that scripture would come true in your life? That you could see God do more than you've ever thought that is possible. Thank you for getting that up. Look at what this next phrase. What is that first phrase conditional upon? According to there is a Greek word which literally means in proportion to. So if you want God to do exceeding abundantly above anything that you've done, then this works according to the power, that faith in His power. How can I have faith in His power? Because the Word tells us we can. So if we want the exceeding abundantly beyond, then what do we need to have? Faith in His power, let that power work, And it will begin to come. That is your own ramp to receive all that God has provided for you. Now, when I say all that God has provided, it's everything you need for life and godliness, Scripture tells us. But it's also, don't just think of it as things that you need. Think of it as that's how you receive His calling on your life, to go out and be a witness, to demonstrate who God is. We cannot be afraid for His power to work in us nor through us we want that power to work through us Romans 15 the 13th verse one of my favorite verses in the New Testament now may the God of hope fill you now who is going to fill you the God of hope is going to fill you And he's going to fill you with what? All joy and peace in believing. Now let this one sink in a minute. May the God of hope fill you. He didn't say, go make yourself joyful. Go make yourself peaceful. He said, when we believe the God of hope will fill us with all joy and peace, And then look at what results from that. So that you will abound in hope. How? By the power that you muster up. That's not what it says, is it? By the power of the Holy Spirit that's already dwelling in you. Do you know the prayers in Ephesians 1, particularly in Ephesians 3? Don't don't say, God, give me more. Give me more. It says, Lord... Show me what is already available in me. Open my eyes to see what's already in me so that I may partake of it. Why can we have joy and peace while we're believing? Why can we be joyful when, let's say I have pain in my body today. How can I be joyful when that's going on? If I've heard the word, even as the leper did, by his stripes you're healed, and you've got pain in your body, can you be joyful? This says you can. You can do it because you have confident expectation that what Jesus spoke and what He accomplished on the cross for you in salvation, that that will come to fruition as you believe. Why can you have peace? Well, we're told what? To enter into the rest. That peace that comes when we believe, when, when we trust in God. We must have faith in His power that it will work in me. We don't have time to go through all the verses. It's over and over in New Testament Scripture. And that same power will manifest for you, through you, for others, as you believe it. The Lord has provided me a number of opportunities to lay hands and pray for the sick. And we've seen some really miraculous things. I'm not telling you that everybody I've put my hands on have been healed. But when I was complaining about it one time, and he began to show me, you know who the ones that didn't get healed were, mostly? Those that I wouldn't go pray for. Those that I was too ashamed to pray for. Why? Because I had not developed that trust. I had not come to the point where it's not about me. It's about you totally, Jesus. So your faith is the link to His power. Just like a fuse allows power to flow through that fuse to another line, right? That's the way your faith will work. And, And I want to just leave you with this this morning. God's power in your life ought to be exhibited and it ought to be one of your greatest realities. I'd say it this way. Children who are raised in this church ought to see the power of God being manifested And if someone comes to them later in life, as they get to college age, and says, what do you believe? My first desire would be for you and for this body of Christ here in Sylvania. Not that, well, the Word of God says this. But that their testimony is, let me tell you what the power of God has done in my life, in the life of my mom and daddy, in the life of my grandparents. And it all begins with you having faith to get on that interstate of grace so that you can receive and access all that God has for you. Now, this is one of those things I'm learning to do, and I'm not comfortable doing it. And somebody told me this morning I need to have more boldness in it, and I won't won't disagree. What I've covered this morning (coughs) is a brief high summary of how to receive what God provides through grace by faith and then the title of the series that's on a website that's on the bottom of these bookmarks Uh, the Lord has instructed us to put a bunch of teachings out there and this is one of the latest in fact it's not finished yet the next one will be next or two weeks from this coming Wednesday but if you if this has stirred your heart There's three or four different sessions there on grace and three or four different sessions on faith. And we're wrapping it up by talking about how we appropriate and receive. It's free. There's no charge. I'm not even asking you for donations. The Lord says something the Lord has instructed us to do, and we've been obedient. I will tell you, it took the biggest step of faith I've ever had to take to go out and just do this but I want to make it available to you if this has stirred you up and stirred you in your heart and if you want prayer today at the end I understand that they will call up uh, they, you'll have prayer ministers and if you don't mind I will join the prayer ministers today and if you need power appropriate in your body don't miss the chance today is a great day today is your day of salvation and that includes the power of God acting on your
1: behalf why don't you just bow your head and close your eyes real quick we never like to leave without offering those a chance who who maybe have never received Jesus and if that's you this morning maybe you just need to come home get your life right for just one second, if you'll just take a take a breath and and listen. Because I believe God. the Bible says that God knocks on the door of our heart. Father, I thank you for it now. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for moving in our lives. Father, for those in the room that would say, God, I just need to get my life right. I need the faith in me to be stirred. That I do have a Savior that loves me, that died for me. God I thank you for that but it's is something as simple as praying Jesus I receive you today as my Lord and my Savior forgive me of my sins and the Bible says that, that you're saved and your eternity is secure Father I thank you for that now in Jesus name may our faith be motivated may it be strong and and encouraging in our lives father god and welling up when our mind and our body doubts what what is the truth of god and i thank you for it now father in jesus name and everybody said